everybody, and welcome back to Talk of the Haunted House, a scary movie podcast. This is the 10th episode of Talk of the Haunted House, a scary movie podcast, and we have a great movie for you today. We have The Conjuring from 2013. As always, we're going to break down that plot, give you the synopsis of it, as, of course, hopefully you have watched it before listening to this podcast, but we'll break down the plot, show you what we've seen from this, both me, your co-host, Ryan King, and my co-host, Davis Dillingham. We'll have our scariest moment of the movie, potentially the best kill, probably not, no, a winner and a loser. We're going to rate this movie one to a hundred, then we're going to discuss, could this happen in real life, and would you recommend this movie to a friend? But first, as always, we're going to have some history breakdown this time of The Conjuring, and it's going to be with the birthday boy, our co-host, Davis Dillingham. Everyone celebrating. Yay, it's Davis's birthday here for the podcast. Davis, thank you for spending it with us. Yeah, thank you. I didn't really appreciate that that scare you gave me as a present yeah. there in the beginning. I wasn't expecting that. that was... James Wan can really, uh, he could use that in his movies because that's that that was peak <laughs> horror right there. <laughs> we will take a royalty, though, if you use that. So. Yes, that's right. Any, any use of the words boo in the movie sorry we got to take like <laughs> we got, we 50, got 50 cents per per view or whatever all right all right i like it Davis. what do you got excited 10 yeah. big number 10 here we're gonna have an official top 10 list after this episode. we will have That's a top 10 list. huge we can tweet out an actual top 10 list yeah on our twitter at talk of the house underscore and the conjuring not to spoil things we don't know we do not talk before about the history of rankings no. or anything it's very possible this one will be our new number one though we're gonna find out but we do know The Conjuring, a great movie. It's a great addition to our top ten. We've got, a, I mean, we've got a lot of classics in here. We got Friday the Thirteenth, got yeah, Halloween, absolutely. Evil Dead, Paranormal Activity, bunch of franchise starters, a lot <laughs> of franchise starters. And yeah. now we have The Conjuring, which the way I described it when I tweeted, when I teased this on Twitter, it's more modern. Obviously, it's nine years old, um, mm-hmm. not even quite nine. It came out in the summer of twenty thirteen. But it is an all-timer. This is an all-time scary For movie. Sure. This is right there when you talk about the best scary movies ever. People love it. It's really popular on Rotten Tomatoes, really popular on IMDb. People love this franchise, and they love the first movie in particular. So it's a big yeah. one. Any any movie that starts a multi-fill oh, yeah. franchise, or in this case, The Conjuring's kind of created its own universe. Yeah, it's a universe, I mean, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a little bit of a... Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a genre, you know, shifting, yeah. shifting movie in itself. So. Because you mentioned but, it's, it's got Annabelle, you got the Conjures up, you have the one-offs like uh, La Llorona yeah. is one of them, the Nun. It's, I don't even know how many there are. I think there's like eight to eight, something like seven, eight, nine, well, something like that. But well, yes. let me, let me tell you while we get into the yes, history. Let's get into the history <laughs> Let of me the answer the question. Let's do it. So you are correct. There are eight current films. Oh, you, you have go. three Conjuring movies, three Annabelle movies, um, you have one of the uh, the nun movies. You have the Curse of La Llorona. So yeah, that's eight. And then you actually have two more uh, from the franchise coming up. So you have a mm-hmm. nun sequel movie, okay. and then you have a movie about the Crooked Man from uh, the yes. second Conjuring movie. Which yes. I don't know how you're going to make a movie out of that, but we'll. I guess we're going to we'll find see. out. <laughs> we're going to find yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's always so confusing. The timeline, I'll go back as I watch each one from the universe. It'll be the fourth movie, but it's like the second in the timeline. It's yeah. very confusing. Because The timeline's really confusing. The ti- I think Annabelle starts first, or maybe I haven't seen the Nun movie, but I think the, it's, the it's obviously the like earlier on. Yeah, because it's like yeah. way back there. And, lo- and the timeline total is like 
the timeline totals from like 1955 to yeah. like 1972 or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah. Because even the most recent yeah, one, it's getting it, more modern with like obviously the most recent Conjuring one. But yeah, like the original right. nuns. Because like I think the nun was the oldest one, and it's like it's one of yeah. the newer movies. It's only like two or three yeah, movies yeah. ago, but it's the yeah. oldest one by like a good you know margin. Like it's right. the oldest one. So very interesting. So so good luck trying to keep up with the timeline if you're uh, <laughs> going by how the movies were released. But um, like we said, about to have 10 movies in the franchise, directed by James Wan, who we've already gone over some. We had the Insidious um, episode. If you haven't listened, go listen real quick. The uh, GOAT. The GOAT, <laughs> James Wan. Yeah, but creator, obviously, of the Saw franchise, Insidious franchise, and of this franchise now. Unreal. Um, Unreal. At, yeah, that dude's got a woman in money. My goodness. Um, as it's already uh, kind of shown in the movie, though, based off a real case, the parent family is a real family obviously ed and lorraine were real people um ed, i don't know when he passed but is no longer with us or is he is he always they are <laughs> i believe they are both dead could be wrong oh, about did that. lorraine recently very recently yes uh lorraine died uh, april 18th 2019 uh ed died august 23rd 2006 let's have a moment of silence no no, <laughs> no. Rip, man. okay sorry Rip. lorraine i completely mess that up but uh <laughs> but lorraine did like sign off on the movie actually yeah she saw these she saw a lot of these movies she liked them mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 she was very uh uh involved in the making of these movies um so a lot of the movie is true however the exorcism in the movie which we'll obviously get to in the plot breakdown never actually happened lorraine said ed would never actually uh would never do that in place of a of a real priest he okay. would not uh claim to have the power to be able to do that okay um so like i said lorraine warren is pr- fairly involved in the movie uh meeting with both the main stars both patrick wilson and vera formiga um met for several days and came to the set several times to uh mm-hmm. okay. consult on certain things or just to look over things patrick wilson another um, goat another goat yep yep the, this is actually, I think, the first time a fact has been repeated in my little history part. But the composer for the movie, Joseph Bashara, played Bathsheba, and as I mentioned before in previous podcasts, also played the uh, the demon in Insidious. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. him and James Wan definitely have a, a close relationship, and he just has a scary face because he yes. keeps yes. playing these terrifying characters. Um. So there were also some strange instances happening during making this movie. So James Wan said he had gotten a a puppy earlier on when he started writing the movie and the puppy started barking at empty parts of the room while he was, while he was working on the script. That's pretty weird. And then they would have some, uh, some phone interviews with uh, Lorraine Warren about the movie and getting some consulting from her and producers said they, consistently heard a lot of static and weird sounds over the phone while they were talking to Larry. Heck yeah. Um, Let's go. Yeah. The, some of the parent family members also visited the, uh, the set while they were making the movie. And for whatever reason, they said they felt the same dark presence on set that they felt in their home. And so let's go, I don't know what's going on there, but it's weird stuff. And 
for the final one. This obviously is based on a real case. And so the real house is located in New in Rhode, Rhode Island, sorry. Mm-hmm. And you can, I mean, there's probably countless videos on YouTube. You can find videos on videos of people going to the actual house and investigating whatever. So if you're interested in what the actual house looks like, you can definitely go look. It's definitely not the same vibe. No. But it, it's it's similar in like you can tell it's an older house it's kind of out just like in the country you know there's not much much there it's like it's built next to like a burial ground and stuff mm-hmm. and so there's some weird stuff going on there but but that's all we got for the history and uh fun facts well that's and i i, I always look up the families in the house like each time i watch this um you know just just for fun you always want to visualize when something's based off a real place and it, you're yep. exactly right the conjuring movie house looks like a perfect haunted house like that's oh, it's yeah. like oh that that house is haunted like the one in yep. the the actual one doesn't really seem like it's 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 smaller i think it's right. one story right maybe it's, it's i think it's one sto- it's actually two stories with a basement it is two okay okay it just it just looks so different. I'm like, God, that's so crazy. Like from the outside, yeah. From the outside, it looks like a pretty normal house. Yeah. If you like see videos of it inside, there's some stuff where you're like, okay, that okay. looks kind of weird. Or like the inside shows like the age of the house a lot better than okay. the outside does. See, I've, the outside, yeah, I've never seen like, that looks like a normal house. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen the actual inside. And something we do always love talking about this, Davis. And I, know, I I believe we've shared this on the podcast, but I'll go first. So this came out in July 2013. We were just about to enter our sophomore years at the University of Oklahoma, and you hosted, you and the guys at your house hosted on Halloween that year, Halloween 2013, a watch party for uh, for Halloween and everything. And I was never, I'd seen a handful of scary movies in my life, you know, Freddy versus Jason, Scream, not many, I wasn't into it. You guys hosted this. That- one of the few you've seen was uh, Freddy versus. I know, Jason. I know. It's, a random, it's, it's a very, one. it's a very random one. And <laughs> I remember exactly where I was sitting on your section. I was like in the corner, like directly across from the TV. There was a lot was of people there. There was, was like sectional. That, that sectional so, could fit like fifteen people. <laughs> oh, that was a great section. How, how many people do you think were there that night? Twenty to thirty. Like there was a ton of people there. Maybe like twenty. Yeah, there was. Yeah. there's a good amount of people there. And it was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying this movie got me into scary movies that night was like not immediately probably took a couple weeks because immediately i was like legitimately freaked out by this movie it was incredible since then i honestly have lost count i'm gonna ballpark this is the (laughs) seventh time i've seen it could be six seventh eighth night it's somewhere in that range i'm gonna say like seventh but about once a year since then i watch it so if we did 13 four i mean that'd be nine times so it could be upwards of like eight or nine um love this movie seen it many many times what about you uh when did you see it first how many times do you think you've seen it total so okay i think i've seen it this might be the fourth or fifth time i've seen it i believe i believe okay. um the first time i saw it i want to say i can't say this for certain but this may have been the first uh horror movie i saw in theaters um okay i'm not exactly okay. sure but i do remember being like scared shitless in the theaters yes um saw it with some friends uh shout out Mirzal, our buddy real quick but <laughs> i remember he and i sat next to each other and we're literally like gr- had a full-on <laughs> grip of each other's shirts and arms during this <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was man. ridiculous 
Yeah, it looked like pansies. But it was a really fun movie to watch in theaters also. So Yeah. It's it's funny that we always make fun of the, you know, the movies way back in the day. They're like the scariest movie ever, like the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre that we did recently. People one day will probably watch the conjuring, like, ah, that wasn't that scary. <laughs> we're like, Here's like 20 years like you were scared of the conjuring. Okay. <laughs> whatever which i do think <laughs> movies hold up better now where it's like there is a certain level that like no matter how much time goes by like it's a good quality now you know so i don't right. think it'll be especially if it's your first this is like this like i said seventh eighth ninth time i've seen it and it's still like freaks now there's still i know, I know. what's coming i'm still kind of like oh geez <laughs> like i feel like a whole like clinch like oh what's about to happen like it's so good it is it's so pretty good. great when uh you've seen a movie that many times and you're still uh you're still like nervous or you're still you're waiting for the jump scare that you know is going to come and yeah. you're still just like scared by it that's which when done correctly it makes it worse because you know it's coming you're like i know this yeah. is gonna freak me out <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't really yeah, it's almost it's almost better the first time you watch it because you're like you're very innocent you're like i don't i don't know what's gonna happen i don't want to give away there's a certain scare in this one that we will talk <laughs> about later uh when I first watched it since then, it still sticks with me, but we'll get to that. But let's get, this will be a, probably a longer pod than we normally have, but let's get to the plot breakdown. Let's get to the synopsis it's a, of the, it's the 10th episode. We can make it as long as we want, right? It's, it's the conjuring. It's the 10th episode. Deal with it, people. So first of all, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> <laughs> if you have not seen the movie yet, we are about to ruin basically everything. So, if you would like to go watch it, I believe it's, I know it's on Netflix. I believe Ryan, you said it's on HBO right now. It's on well. HBO Max right? and Netflix right now. So if you want to go, if you want to pause the podcast right now, go watch it, and then come back and join us again. Please do that. Or if you don't care and you love ruining things, I know my wife doesn't like uh, surprises. So go ahead and first, just yeah. listen to this. And ruin the movie. <laughs> you know who the winner and loser will be. You know all the. You know how we rate it. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so it starts off something that's very interesting about this movie. It does not play much of a role into anything, but the very beginning of this movie is about Annabelle. It opens up, yeah. and the evil doll Annabelle is there, and we're learning not the backstory, but kind of like recently what Annabelle has done. Ed and Lorraine Warren are there, and they're giving a speech at a college about their case with Annabelle, which clearly, I can only assume, they knew Annabelle was going to have her own series. Why else would you spend you know, that much a whole opening Potentially, yeah, doll, potentially right? that. Uh, otherwise i guess you're i mean just for movie and plot purposes you're like trying to like establish like hey this is who ed and lorraine Warren yeah. are like we really need to make sure you all know as an audience like this is who are the main characters yeah. of the story um and i mean like if you didn't know who the warrens are i guess you wouldn't know that they were like nationally known paranormal investigators yeah. whatever so yeah. I, I don't know Maybe maybe they did know that Annabelle Annabelle was going to have her own uh, I I own honestly, series, especially since you already had James Wan directing this. So you're like, true. He was also trustworthy. Just had already done the Insidious like mm -hmm. franchise got going. So there, I don't think you're completely wrong in saying like yeah. they potentially knew this was going to be an, another franchise starting. Yeah, and it's movie. it's it. Honestly, I forget about it every time that it opens on Annabelle's face, and you see kind of the first scares are all her. She's showing up at the door yep. with the, freaking out the girls and she's like writing stuff in the crown. I completely forget because it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. I, I know. Every time I, I watch forget my, about it pretty consistently. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, the, the first scene's about Annabelle doing crazy stuff that has nothing to yeah. do with anything else, which, which, an interesting, I like that opening in, especially in hindsight, 
at the time is just yeah. kind of a cool opening in hindsight. It's like, man, they're already setting up another three movies in yeah. this first conjuring. I, I, which you could honestly argue it is the conjuring universe, but Annabelle is almost her own franchise. You have the conjuring honestly, and then you have like, yeah. she's kind of her own thing. She had her own, own three movies. Like that's, yes. that's, yes. that's not a small deal. It's not like yeah. just a spinoff movie. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that the, the uh, beginning always makes me nervous because like you said, I kind of forget it. And I'm like, shoot, I don't remember what's going to happen here. Exactly. Exactly. So the actual synopsis in 1971, Carolyn and Roger parent, 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 parent. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Move into a dilapidated old farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island with their five daughters during the first day, the first day, the family moves in there. Everything goes smooth except for the dog, Sadie, who refuses to come into the house, which is a gigantic red flag. If you know anything yeah. about spirits <laughs> or anything, you always trust the dog. The dog knows they know when yeah, storms are coming, does. like storms are like hundreds of miles away. And they know already, yeah. like yeah. On, they, they know something's up. <laughs> so that night, the children play a game that was made famous by this movie that I had personally never seen, but hide and clap where literally it's like hide and seek, but you're blindfolded and people clap where they are i didn't really do a ton of research do you think they literally made up that game for this movie or do you think (laughs) that probably had to already been a thing right i'm guessing it was but it it was clearly not well known i mean i no one had heard of it no i never heard of it no and it just works so perfectly i'm sure it existed already but probably it just fits so perfectly into this movie with the ways you know they used it and everything yeah so that night, the children play a game, hide and clap. While playing, one of the daughters finds the boarded-up entrance to a cellar. The cellar was not mentioned when they bought the house, anything like that. After Roger inspects the basement with a match, the family goes to bed. Carolyn expresses concern because Sadie, the dog, is barking outside. And one of the daughters feels someone pulling at her feet and watching the two youngest girls behind the door, which I will still say, something I always remember, uh, always freaks me out is the whole scene of you can't see what it is. They're not letting you see, like there's something standing behind the door and the girl's like freaking out. It slams. She's getting her feet pulled. That, that whole thing really freaked me out. And it's kind of lost in the whole shuffle of the movie. Having a long shot into a dark corner where you're just expecting to see something is just like, there's so much, it's just tense the entire time. You're just like waiting for something to show up and it just, and really never pays off, but it just gets your heart rate up. No, absolutely. And then another thing they had in this, the clock stop at 3.07 every night and they keep smelling something bad, different areas of the house. So these are a lot of weird things to happen in like the first 24 hours of being there. Ah, it's just an old house. We just bought it. It's fine. Because they even said when uh, she points out, Carolyn points out the clocks and her husband there, you know, Roger's like, ah, it's probably just an old house. Like, it doesn't make any sense. All the clocks, all the (laughs) clocks go on. That makes no sense. And some are like battery powered. Like it was like, no, this doesn't make right. any sense, but whatever. Uh, in the morning, Carolyn wakes up with a mysterious bruise and their dog, Sadie, another detail I forget um, almost every time she is found dead outside. Yeah. Over the next couple of days, various paranormal activities occur. Doors open and close seemingly by themselves. Carolyn hears clapping when nobody's there, including coming out of the wardrobe at night. Their young daughter, Cindy, sleepwalks into the eldest daughter's bedroom where she bangs her head repeatedly against an old wardrobe. Again, more foreshadowing for what that could possibly mean with the wardrobe. I know you're not supposed to, like, wake up sleepwalkers, 
But if my sibling walks into my room and is banging their head against like my dresser or wardrobe ever whatever, mm-hmm. I'm gonna like why would you not slap them? Like I'm not gonna call my parents. I'm just gonna. She, well, she did mention the past like out. she's sleptwalked for a while, and they said don't wake her up, which I've always heard. For some reason, you don't wake sleepwalkers up. I don't know what that yeah. reasoning is, but apparently it's a thing. I don't know if they're gonna have like a yeah. heart attack if they wake up too quickly or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But it is pretty weird. Like, whatever, it's just she's just hanging her head against the wardrobe, and the other daughter's like, This is really weird. <laughs> like, this makes Especially, me. But if that's like your sibling, I'm like, I don't give a crap. Like, yeah. get the hell out of my room. You also notice how big her room is, by the way. The old sister has a gigantic room, and the yes. two younger sisters have a smaller room that they're splitting. Yeah. I was like, well, That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> like, no, you could have fit like four beds <laughs> yes. in the big room. <laughs> she's got this massive room by herself. And then the two split a smaller room. I was like, all right, well, that doesn't seem fair. But the activity culminates in Carolyn being hit by the attic door, falling down the stairs, and hands clapping behind her in the dark. Once again, we were referencing the clap and hide game that they were playing. The girls were playing there. And the, now even whatever is haunting them is now even getting in on it. Um, the eldest daughter, of course, gets attacked by a spirit that looks like an elderly woman from the top of the wardrobe when, again, her sister comes in banging her head against the wardrobe. Did you think that was an elderly woman? That's what it says in the synopsis. Well, I, I thought it was like an animal or something. I never took it as an elderly woman. Dude, I don't know. I in the at least like the first three times I watched it, because the first time you watch it, it's pretty quick, and yeah. I yeah, you can hardly even tell what it is. You're just like scared. Um, I don't know. Like the first three times I watch it, it's just like a, it's like a thing. It almost looks like a witch or something. Like, yes. I don't know. Yeah. It's so hard to tell what it is, but like I guess later on you can tell that like it's it makes it makes more whatever, but... yeah it makes more sense later in the movie. But when I first saw it, I was like I never would have guessed that's just like a, an old woman. No. It looks like a creature or something. It doesn't look yeah, like because it's like, like hunched over like on all fours on yes, top of the wardrobe yes. or whatever. You get really hard to tell. But dude, having the hide and clap scare into the wardrobe scare back to back is so it's intense. All, that's dude. all time stuff. It like, is that is intense. That is literally some all time scares like that close to each other. Like that's. That's why this movie's so great. Like that's just an example yeah. right there. It's impressive that the hide and clap scare like stands up too, because like that mm-hmm. was the main like selling point in like any preview or commercial for this movie. Yeah. Like it like yeah. always like ended on that. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knew that scare was coming, and it Didn't still matter. just did so not matter. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so creepy. So Carolyn seeks the help of, of course. Ed and Lorraine Warren, noted paranormal investigators, to validate their concerns. Lorraine senses that a particular malevolent spirit has latched onto the family. They conduct an initial investigation and conclude they should get involved explaining to the parent family that the house may require an exorcism. However, this cannot be done without further evidence and authorization from the Catholic Church. During the process of researching the house's history, Ed and Lorraine find out that the house belonged to an accused witch, Davis, Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. When Bathsheba's husband caught her sacrificing their weak old infant, my goodness, she climbed yeah, to the same. top of a tree, a, a very creepy looking tree, mind you, not and even more. <laughs> it's, just, it's like the creepiest looking tree you could much. Imagine. It is much creepier than the one from Insidious, that, or not uh, from Sinister that we saw. It is much creepier. Like, yeah. It is built to hang someone on. Like there's a one giant branch it, with nothing underneath it. It's all like dead and gray, and it just has yes. like two main branches, and that's it. Uh-huh. It's, it's the perfect, the perfect tree for what you would. Yes, it was used for in this case. Yep. But my God, she climbed to the top of the tree on the property, cursed all of those who would take her land, 
proclaimed her love for Satan before hanging herself and committing suicide. Like what an eventful, like 10 minutes, kill your weak old infant, hang yourself, curse anyone on the land and proclaim your love for Satan. Like, my goodness, what a way to go out for Bathsheba. It's insane. It's insane. This is followed by reports found of numerous murders and suicides in houses that have been built on the property since. And Lorraine returned to the house with a police officer and another paranormal investigator, Drew. They set up thermal cameras and alarm systems throughout the house in an attempt to prove the spirit of Bathsheba is inhabiting the house and receive authorization from the Catholic Church. For the first night, nothing happens. The clocks do not stop at 3.07 a.m. The next day, they all eat breakfast together. And Roger Perrin thanks Ed Warren for doing what they can to help. Ed explains that with every exorcism they do, a little piece of his wife, Lorraine, is taken, but he promises they will do what they can to help them. Kind of sets up the other movies, by the way. Just a little line there that very much yeah. sets up a lot of the Warrens' time in their movies as far as the, the toll it takes specifically on Lorraine right. you know, when she helps these other people. Right. There's a lot of plot put into yeah. uh, Ed and Lorraine specifically and yeah. kind of the relations, their relationship in general. You know, yeah. A lot of plot there. While Lorraine is doing laundry outside, a sheet gets caught on a figure right there in the mid, this, in the sky, like right in the middle of you know maybe five, ten feet off the ground. It looks like a figure, and yep. then all of a sudden it gets blown against a window. When the sheet leaves the window, we see a figure move out of sight, and then that same creature, old woman face, is then over Carolyn who's sleeping, and it throws up into her mouth as she wakes up. Another terrifying thing with the sheet getting caught on a figure going up to the window it throws up in carolyn's yeah. mouth another wild scene like an absolutely really wild weird. scene and again real happened, big uh happened during the day during the day not at oh, night I again i love i love a scary movie with daytime scares yes normally any yes. movie you watch it like becomes daytime and you're, everybody like breathes a sigh of relief it's like oh, okay we can chill for a second yes any movie that has daytime scares, I'm all about. It's the same thing with Insidious. Insidious had some yep. daytime scares. I yep. love it. Also, really big uh, Halloween vibes with the uh, whole white sheets hanging for the yep. laundry and stuff. Yep. Big Halloween vibes there. I don't know if they meant to do that, but I it, definitely. It was just so interesting that. that not only is it just daytime, but nothing was hinted before that. You know, Ed's working on the car. Larry, oh, yeah. There's no hint of anything. And then all of a sudden, no. she gets caught on something. You see something in the window. You're like, oh, my God, what is happening? Yeah. And then Straight into thrown this, up in, like, oh my witch God. thing thrown yes. up into her mouth. Ugh, Inc- incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. But then this is the first sight we kind of get that something's up with Carolyn because Lorraine runs up there, tries to get her. She's banging on the bathroom door. And when she comes out, she's like, oh, I just wasn't feeling great. Like, she's already kind of, like, covering yeah. up what's happening, which means oh, this yeah. thing is, like, starting to possess her. During another night of investigation, nothing seems to happen until nightfall when the cop, Brad, gets charged at by a maid out of nowhere. He just gets char- – I don't know why he's getting involved in this. stuff. He's getting caught in the crossfire <laughs> by this thing. Yeah. And Cindy begins to sleepwalk again. While walking upstairs, thermal cameras observe a temperature drop around her as she enters into the wardrobe, whereupon the door slams shut behind her. The others force their way into the room, find a secret passage behind the wardrobe, after Cindy is taken out, Lorraine enters the wardrobe and falls through the floorboards down to the cellar, which is like, good lord! She falls from like the a, a second floor down to the like. Is that like 25, like 30, 30? Yeah, yeah, 25, 30 feet. Yeah, that's, that's through boards. So she's breaking through boards as she does this. Yeah. Like I've always yeah. thought, I was like, what a fall for little Lorraine Warren there. Like that is a <laughs> brutal fall for her. That's rough. Um, 
But anyway, she <laughs> falls all the way down to the cellar. There, she sees the spirits of people whom Bathsheba has possessed. Really good scene. Uh, she realizes mm-hmm. that Bathsheba's purpose is to possess mothers and use them to kill their children. It's a really good scene. You see, like the kind of bloated, like fat woman. She's like, uh, with yeah. uh, uh, she has her kid or whatever there, and she's kind of like looking over her shoulder. Very creepy scene of like the people who have been victims of Bathsheba in the cellar there. Right, and, and more of like a uh, more of a showing also of like Lorraine's abilities. Abilities, or whatever, yeah. right? Like yeah. we're able to like she's able. She has kind of a. I don't know, a sixth sense, if you want to put it that way, but she's able to feel these things or more able to see spirits, whatever, Mm -hmm. than the normal person. And they know it, too. They try to communicate with her. Like, you can tell they're always, like, acknowledging her. They know that, hey, she can see us. Like, not everyone can, obviously. Nancy, one of the girls, she then, right after this, another scene that just won't end, she gets pulled by her hair around them, gets thrown into a window, thrown against the wall. They have to cut her hair, like... It is just one thing after another in these scenes. It's incredible yes. <laughs> the amount of things that are happening from room to room in the house too. Yes. Like never, it's not just one room. It's any room in the house yep. is something different about to happen. Yep. After Lorraine escapes the cellar, she sees a vision of their daughter, Judy, who we've heard about in the water. And she sees it as a warning from this. She'd be like, if you don't stop, you know, working around here, trying to get me out here, I'm going right. to do something to Judy. She and Ed, take their evidence to Father Gordon to organize an exorcism while the parent family takes refuge at a hotel. Their relief is interrupted when Carolyn suddenly drives back to the house with two of the daughters and Lorraine rush to the house where they find Roger and the police officer struggling with Carolyn as she tries to stab one of her daughters with a pair of scissors. (laughs) Again, just there's no real relief. There's always something going on in this movie. There's something that it's doing. And this thing about this, they weren't even anywhere near the house. It had possessed her so far to like drive her back, get the daughters driving back to the house. It's showing the power this has over, you know, the mom over this family. Yeah. The only real relief I remember in the movie is like, I think when they're like setting up the equipment and stuff, it's like they take like a few minutes to have some jokes or like get into Ed and Lorraine's relationship for a second. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's like consistent, consistent action going on. Yes. A lot of stuff happening. Ed suggests they call the priest, but Lorraine reminds him that the priest is too far away. It's forcing Ed to perform the exorcism himself. <laughs> it's, that's actually, is this two movies in a row that the priest is out of town or yep. whatever? Yep, this is and why it's a loser. Thing with paranormal activity. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> right. Out of town. We, we got to do something. Someone's got to <laughs> do something here. While the others hold the tormented Carolyn down, Ed continues the exorcism. Carolyn seemingly stops struggling for a brief moment. It seems the exorcism was successful. They've tied her up in this chair. They put a sheet over her, but suddenly her chair floats, flips upside down, and she's held upside down. Like It's almost like the chair is sitting on the ceiling as if the ceiling yeah. was the floor. Absolutely insane. Ed yells for the demon to put her down, and after a few tense moments, she is released, almost thrown to the ground. Chair breaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ed rushes over to Carolyn and tells the demon to leave her body. Carolyn slowly turns to Ed and says, she's already gone. It's like, oh my <laughs> goodness, this is incredible. <laughs> what a scene. Another iconic, you have the clap. Um, there's the, Even the tree is kind of iconic, like the, the poster of The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. But the chair floating and uh, going upside yeah. down, iconic from The Conjuring. Absolutely it's iconic. Even, it's even creepier because you have like the 
white sheet they put over her yeah. and like you can see it's like blood starting to come onto the yep. sheet and i think eventually like she kind of rips her face kind of rips through the sheet and it looks like more like Bathsheba than at her. Yes. It's, oh it's man. Creepy dude. It's giving me goosebumps now. Wow. <laughs> Meanwhile, Drew finds April hiding under the floorboards in the kitchen and like an idiot yells down to the cellar, like founder, you know, like she's under the floorboards. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Of course this alerts the demon inside Carolyn and she dash, dashes up the cellar stairs to find That's April. so creepy too, dude. She yes. like listens to as it hears it and then just dashes when away. She like, <laughs> when she like looks really quick. Oh, that yeah. actress, bravo. She did a great yeah. job. But yeah, she, really she well. looks, she runs up there. She wants to complete the sacrifice. Ed and Lorraine Warren, along with Roger, they rush up the stairs after her in order to stop her from going through it. The possessed Carolyn chases after April through a tunnel underneath the floorboards Carolyn grabs a hold of April, but at the same time, Lorraine reaches down through the floor and grabs Carolyn's head. She tells Carolyn to remember how much her family means to her and to remember what she told her about how special they were and that they mean the world to her and what she would leave behind if she went through with it. This seems to get through to Carolyn somehow as her face relaxes, her breathing returns to normal. The demonic presence in her eyes seems to fade. She puts April down. Something the synopsis does not mention when Ed uh, yells at Bathsheba. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie when he says, Bathsheba, by the power of Jesus Christ, I condemn you back to hell. It's like, oh, man, it's such a tense scene. It's like, this is incredible. <laughs> like, it gets your blood pumping. It's like, let's go. It's like good versus evil. These demons versus like Ed and Lorraine Moore. Like, yeah. This is incredible. Uh, no, the movie great. does like a great job of, making you root for ed and lorraine you're like yes, lit, yes. like you're 100 on their side you're yep. they're like they seem like normal people you know they, they really you do. think like oh this is just like a normal marriage and they happen to do this as a profession yes but, i've i've always said it's the actors do a really good job too the actor and actress of ed and lorraine any scene right. they are in, whether it's in Annabelle, whether it's in the Conjuring movies, whatever they're in, I feel so safe. With Ed and Lorraine Warner in the room, I, like, know. <laughs> I, I feel so yeah. safe that they are there. Absolutely. And I'm like, everything's going to be okay. They're going to figure it out, which is a testament to the way the movie is done, but also the actor and actress themselves. Like, it, you just feel like yeah. everything's going to be okay. Like, you don't always feel that in scary movies when the main characters are there. Like, right. Sinister, I didn't feel that with Ethan Hawke for obvious reasons, but <laughs> yeah, he was pretty useless in that movie. In, in the conjure, I was like, every time they're in a scene, like, I know they're going to come through. Like, I know it's going to be okay. It is like a nice, yeah. a little safety The movie net. just does, like, obviously we'll get into this more at the end when we give our ratings and all that, but the movie does such a good job of making the plot around Ed and Lorraine yeah. that, like, I, I was thinking about this earlier. I think you could take away like 50% of the scares in this movie. And I would still be like, that was a really good movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's done very well. Like the, the script, the story, it's not just scares. One. There's a legit story to it. And that's right. And now yeah. being based off real life events, that definitely helps. That but helps. Yeah. It's done yeah. very well. Right. The scene changes to Carolyn being helped out of the front door to a now sunny morning as she crosses from the threshold of the door into the sunlight, the bruises on her skin fade away. She returns to her normal self. Roger and Carolyn rejoice with their family in the front yard, embracing one another, knowing that it's finally over. After they ward off the demon at the parent household, the Warrens return to their home. The scene cuts to Ed Warren entering his room of possessed objects and artifacts. He places the old music box from the house on an empty space on a shelf. Lorraine enters the room and they leave together after a few seconds. 
The music box starts to play on its own and the camera slowly pans back to the music box. Camera zooms in on the mirror of the open music box and the music slowly comes to a stop. The screen cuts to black and the credits roll. Very good ending, very tense ending to a very good, very tense movie for The Conjuring. Am I wrong for saying, because the music box has like, it's like a spiral mirror in it. Am I wrong for saying that it stops on... Like it shows Annabelle in the mirror. Or am I wrong about that? I, I I don't think it does. It's uh there are yeah, there are other times where it shows Annabelle really close, but it zooms in. I, yeah. it, even this time, and I've seen this movie however many times. Like I said, it zooms in really close to that mirror, and it feels yeah. like something's going to appear. Oh, I kept expecting. Yeah, I kept expecting. And it just to show it just goes black. Even now, after all these times, like something has to pop up, right? Is it Annabelle? Right. And nothing does. And you're like, oh okay. Yeah. So great stuff. Great ending. It was it was done yeah. very well. So Davis also, of course, a great way to uh, leave the door open for future. Absolutely. Future also. Yeah. We got to have, I have, I wrote down so many, I do have one answer, but scariest moment of this movie, Davis, w- what do you got for this? Cause there is so many options, honestly. There, yeah. There's a lot you could go with just depending on your cup of tea, you know, like uh, you could go with the, uh, the bed sheet thing uh, out out in the laundry outside getting caught up that's a really good like jump scare that you're not expecting you could go with like the exorcism scene if you're into like that sort yep. of thing that's could really creep people out um or the hide and clap hands coming up behind her like that's just yep. that's so good i almost wish they wouldn't have shown that in the preview yes because if that was seriously if that was not shown that'd be so much more scary so much more scary yep. which i guess if you watched it now and you didn't know that was coming like that'd be good but yeah, every commercial that was shown. I just wish they wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like it's always been this one every single time. I'm pretty sure for the first three times I watched this movie, <laughs> I didn't even fully watch this scene. Like I, it was like through like yep. several yep. fingers over my eyes. We've like, got to be going just, with the same one. We have to be going with the same. It's, yeah, one. it's always been Bathsheba, like on top of the wardrobe. Terrifying. Just, oh, there's so goodness. many. Yeah, there's so many scares in this movie where it's like they build up some like tensity and you're waiting for something to happen and like doesn't pay off and this is one of the few ones where like something's happening and it's an immediate like she points up above the wardrobe and it immediately happens it's one of the few really fast jump scares oh my goodness yeah I, i wrote down a couple others off those uh the spirit behind the girl's door like whenever the daughter looks under the bed and she's looking and she's like really yeah. freaked out and the door slams. I thought that was a really good scene. Photos yeah. falling off the wall whenever they were playing mm-hmm. hide and clap. Uh, the mom, like that was a more, it was more of like the loud sound of it, but yeah, still one. Yeah. The clap on the stairs, old lady on the wardrobe. I agree with you is the first time I watched that when I was at your house to watch, I, I was legit. Like I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> that was absolutely Dude, terrifying. Watching it watching in theaters for the first time watching it that's why i said the first time watching it i didn't even see like what it was i was just yes. like holy shit yes <laughs> oh yeah. you just you see the face very briefly and you hear it like hisses yeah. at him it's like oh my yeah. god like it even yeah. now like that is the the biggest moment that even now when i know it's coming, it still like freaks me out i'm still like oh yeah, my god that is so uncomfortable yeah. um also the floating upside down in the chair also the maid charging is by no means the scariest moment but when the cop like it just comes out of nowhere. Unexpected. Yeah, it's pretty unexpected. He's not in the family. He has nothing to do with anything, and he gets charged at. Like, that was – I thought that was a good scare. Um, but I have to go 
the old lady on the wardrobe Bathsheba that is terrifying it's that she just points up you expect nothing because she's hitting the wardrobe the other you daughter think it's gonna be in, in the, the wardrobe yeah yes. you think it's gonna be in the wardrobe because she opens it up really quick above. yeah nothing and then she looks up and it just hisses at her like oh my great goodness. miss great misdirect there Woo! uh does take us into the best kill which this is not a movie that we would normally do this for, but I guess I got to go with Sadie. <laughs> uh, Sadie's the only one that dies in this, so got to go with uh, the dog, sadly enough. Rip Sadie, um, man. Yeah, rip. Rip to Sadie. Another thing I always forget about in this movie, because it happens so early. It literally is like five minutes into the movie, the dog's dead. Every every yep. time I watch this, the family's moving in. I see the dog, and I'm like, oh, crap, forgot the dog dies. <laughs> every time. Sad stuff. It's, one, it's almost one of the... Uh unwritten rules i have for myself for scary movies but it's like yeah. never kill the dog but it, it happens in a couple movies because it happened in a mm -hmm. i think halloween i think didn't they michael myers like yeah. kills a yeah, dog or something yep. yeah it's something it, it doesn't always don't kill the dog it, it doesn't always happen but when, but when you see an animal in a scary movie you're like oh no it gives you drugs you're like that yeah. thing's dead and yeah. it doesn't <laughs> always happen but it just feels like no. it's going to die um yeah yeah but davis Winner and loser, who won the con? Which we'll say this is one of the tougher ones I've had, just because it's such a great. I kind movie. of agree. So many, I kind so many of agree. great performances. Like, what did you go with as your winner? Who really won this film for you? Yeah, this was a tough one for me. I had to like, this is one where I had to think about and kind of go away and like let my mind think more because I just couldn't really think yeah. of a good one or a funny one <laughs> to come up with. Yeah. But what I came up with, my winner is like the Warren legacy. Mm -hmm. Because before this movie, I had never heard of Ed and Lorraine yep. Warren at all. I had never heard yep. of these cases, anything like that. But they built a whole franchise based off really just these two people. Yeah. And now everybody knows the Conjuring case. From the second movie, everybody knows that case in England. Um, yep. You could probably go down a, rab a rabbit hole of all the cases Ed and Lorraine Warren have done and those names are i'm not gonna say household names but like people know know yeah. who they are now it's pretty well and, known and if you think about you know when they were in the middle of their own professional work life like they were in the 70s doing all this yeah you know people were like you all are a bunch of kooks you don't yep. know what the hell you're talking 100%, 100%. about 100 percent, and now all these people are like like would want to know so much more unfortunately you know they're no longer around and we can't get as much information from them or whatever but i mean their their legacy mm -hmm. has probably changed completely from like okay these people were probably faking stuff whatever to a bunch of people interested in their story and believing yeah. them so at least i will a say whole, whole lot for the legacy at least lorraine got to see most of it like she didn't die till right. ed didn't get right. to see any of this like yeah, they wrote tough. some books he didn't it's get tough. to see any like it's a it is, isn't the most, it's either the most or second most profitable horror franchise ever. And when he died in 06, probably had no idea. He's like, oh, people think we're crazy. Like, we've had a good <laughs> career. But like, he was like a, basically a nobody, like very, yep. like people who are super into like ghost hunting probably knew them, but like that was it. They became yeah. legit celebrities her final like six years of life. Right. They became like, re, like culturally known. He didn't know any of that. Yeah. Ed did not, no. was not aware of it. That sucks for him. No. It uh, does. It does. But which is, like I said, at least they get, they both get to leave at least a, a yes. good legacy for yes. themselves now. Well, which is ironic because my winner is actually Ed. Uh, not for that because that would make him a loser. I'm gonna go with he just feels like <laughs> yeah. he just feels like such a badass in this movie. Like he's always coming yeah. in like 
you know, Lorraine has the gift and everything, but he's the one that's in control. He's the one yelling at Bathsheba. He's the one coming in. Like he has all the equipment. He's, he's usually the one in charge. She has the gift. Ed is like in charge. And um, you really respect that. You can tell he knows what he's doing. He's very assertive. I feel like I left this movie and being like, you know, Patrick Wilson, again, he does a great job with it. But I was like, man, Ed just comes off like such a badass in these movies, specifically in this first one. Um, I had to go with him as the winner because, yeah, Lorraine is still seen, not in a negative way, but she's being attacked so much and she's seen these visions. You know, he's having to console her. He's not really ever in any sort of like compromised position. He's like kind of always in control. Lorraine is like, you know, and it's not her fault, but like she's seeing Judy. She's like freaking out. She calls the house. He's like, how's Ed's always like pretty in control and like he's feeling good. He knows exactly what to do. He's like, hey, let's go and check this out. He Go grab the UV light. Like, he always has, like, he knows the next step of what to do, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. And that's, I, I just feel like he gained a lot, even though he didn't get to see the success. To me, he comes off as like super competent, super like, mm-hmm. you want him in the room. You want him in charge when yeah. stuff's going wrong, you know? I think you can make another winner like their marriage in general. Like, yes. Everything yeah. is like, hey, we're going to deal with some freaky shit, but like, we're, we're going to get through it. And obviously that's shown more like the other movies. Yeah. Uh, But uh, it's like, you know, the franchise is built around those two and those two actors, but like, it's all, like you said, it's all like a, they're like the safety blanket on screen. It's it's not built around the cases. It's not built around the scary thing. It is built around Ed Marine Warren. Yeah. Which is kind of a different, um, a different spin on it. That's why my other winner, I'm yeah. still going to go with Ed as my main one. The other one I went with was the scary movie industry. Like we got the conjuring universe, but also you can see the impact the conjuring and these movies have had on other movies. I feel like it, it raised the bar. I feel like mm-hmm. this movie, this franchise raised the bar for a lot of other movies. Like, Hey, if we want to compete, if we want to have a great scary movie, we can't be getting steamrolled by these Conjuring and Annabelle movies. Like we're going to have right. to step up the production value. We're going to have to invest more. And I feel like we've seen over the last 10 years, there's been a big jump in the scary movie industry. I feel like, and there's been a lot more poured in a lot more high quality movies that have come out. And I would, yeah. I would give the Conjuring James Wan, a lot of those things, a lot of credit for it. So I would say the scary movie industry, us watching scary movies, if there's no Conjuring universe, I think we miss out on a lot of other really good scary movies and a lot of, a lot of the money that's been poured into that we don't have probably yeah probably yeah i mean this is i would say definitely the most recent new horror movie franchise that yes. we've had right yeah. i don't think there's been anything else not that i can think at least nothing that's been more than like a couple of movies like a true built out franchise yeah this is this would be a like full the new one because yeah. all which it's kind of sucks but there's been a lot of uh a lot of reboots of old, yes, <laughs> old yes. horror movie franchises. Yeah, exactly. Which kind of sucks, but, but yeah, I mean, being the most recent horror movie franchise being built, any of those, I would say, you'd go back through history. Any new franchise like that is going to have a big, a yep. big influence on, yes. on the horror movie genre going forward. Yep. So I definitely, definitely agree. I gotta go. Uh, this is a similar loser, Davis, with what I did for uh, Paranormal Activity. Uh huh. I I gotta go to the Catholic Church in this one. I mean, my goodness. There is on video, they're having like very clear evidence of what's happening. The priest's like, mm, they're not Catholic though. I don't know what we can do about it. 
And they're like, so like, these people are about to die. Like, this mom is going to be possessed and kill her daughters if you do not. Yeah. Ah, let me talk to him. I don't know what I can do. I can't promise. <laughs> we got to move some things around. Yeah. I don't know. And then when he finally gets a, hey, it's been approved. It was the next morning after everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, get on it, people. Just like the paranormal or uh, yeah, paranormal activity. Where he's like, hey, they're out of town. I can't really. He's out of town. Sorry. <laughs> and now the Catholic Church here's like, no, they're not Catholic. Don't know if we can help. I'm like, okay, you elitist. How about you just help them not die? <laughs> Who cares if they're Catholic or not? How about you help this family not murder each other? It's like. I don't know. Like, I thought the Catholic Church looked awful. It took someone who That's wasn't even an actual pastor to like. He's like, I guess I'll save this family because yeah. the church is like too elitist to help out with this little Rhode Island family. So I thought the and Catholic then, Church came off awful on that. And then it's like, oh, uh, Ed Warren did the exorcism, so you don't need us. Oh, uh, uh, That's <laughs> what? Hey, it's been approved. Sure? We, we did that. Yeah, we we, we approved it. Because we approved it, you had the it was the energy was transferred yeah. to you. So that's, so that's the whole reason. You're welcome. You're you're welcome. <laughs> Golly, man. I thought the Catholic Church came off awful in that part. If that's, that's really cool. how it happened, this this is based off real events. If that's really how it happened, that does not look good. That really yeah. does not look good. <laughs> but anyway, David, who do you who do you think lost? This was still another tough one for me to figure out, but it's shown more in other movies but it begins in this movie. The loser to me is freaking Judy, Ed and Lorraine's daughter. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine living in a house yes, which yeah. is like, oh, hey, we have this whole room just committed to a bunch of haunted and cursed things. Don't go, go, in, there. go in there, daughter. <laughs> yeah, like, are you yeah. joking me? I don't yeah. want to live in a house that just has a bunch of cursed things and it's like, Oh, we come by and get it blessed every month by, by the church yeah, or whatever. That, that's clearly doing a whole lot. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez. No, I, I, we even left that out of the synopsis, but there's that whole scene where Lorraine sees Judy floating in the lake. And then back at the house, there's like this weird black, like blackness that's coming over and the house is shaking. Like it's coming after yeah. her. And Judy's like, what did I yes. do? Like, I haven't done anything. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't choose to be born into this family. Y'all are just you are right. putting all this badness in my house. Yep. That'd be terrible. It's a good call. Not good just, call. I mean, not even just having uh, parents that are, paranormal investigators whatever all that mm -hmm. but they're bringing everything back into your own house yeah. in one That's room it's terrifying. all like it's like us it had to be the most haunted like single location there's one room that has like a hundred artifacts in it. it was like my yeah. god <laughs> but don't worry we get it blessed every month by the priest it's, yeah it's yeah so, the priest they're, they're doing a ton remember that yeah the they're doing a great job yeah they're yeah. doing yeah get out of here get out of here with that garbage that's a, that's a great Sorry, loser judy yeah and it's not even her fault I mean, like if you like, no, and if you think about it, like hmm. in further, uh, in a, especially in the second Conjuring movie, yeah. like the demon's in their house. Yeah. It's yeah. in their house. Yeah. Dude. Well, one of the sucks. Annabelles, it's all about her. And they says it's the only one that's completely made up. Uh, it's the Annabelle where it's all, uh, it's like Annabelle comes home, I think is what it's like called. The, yeah. And it's just, it's Judy has a friend over and like Annabelle gets, it's the only one they said like, this is not based off anything. This is just like, totally fictionalized. Right. But I'm sure they did that based off the fact of weird stuff had to happen around this house. Like weird stuff had to be happening. Oh, 100%. 100%. That, yeah. that was probably like a normal thing for just like weird stuff to happen in their house. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. did somebody leave the door open again to the room? <laughs> oh, Judy, room? you had to stop that. Close that. <laughs> How many times? How many times, Judy, oh. we told you to keep the door closed? So now 
we get to why we have this podcast, Davis, what we build up to rating this movie one to 100 on our all time scary movie list. And we're going to have a full top 10 after we rate this one. Just to remind everybody, we have five categories that Davis and I each rate a movie one to 10 on. So that's out of 50 for each of us. And then we add it up to get our one out of 100 ranking. First up, as always, Davis, the story, how original it was, unique, however you want to look at it, but the story of The Conjuring. What would you think of it? Okay. So this is actually my lowest category that I have for this, mm-hmm. but it's still not very low. Um, I had to take a little bit off because it's nothing particularly new. We've already had exorcism movies. We've had haunted house movies. We've had mm-hmm. based on true story movies. Um, nothing particularly new. Yep. But that being said, it is still like probably the best plot driven scary movie that I've seen. Yep. It's like really, really, really solid on the plot. And I really appreciate it for that. So between those two, I give it an eight on the on the story and originality. Uh, I couldn't have said it any differently. I gave it a nine. Uh, for exactly the same reasons you did, I was going to go eight, but then exactly what you said, where it's like, yeah, it's not super unique as far as like, yeah, we've seen haunted houses. We've seen based on two stories, but because it's done so much better, if I give it an eight, I can't give anything else, even an eight. So I was like, I got to go nine. I, so I can't ever give a 10 because it's tough to make this completely original and unique, but to me, yeah. it's the best of this genre so i had to go up to a nine had to go to a nine with it um i agree with everything you said it's there's nothing super unique about it but the plot is exactly what you said it's so good it's one of if not the best scary movie plot there is and i love it's based off real events it's yeah i i had to go nine just for that everything you said i think it's incredible like it's like i said if you i feel like you could take half of the scares out of this movie and i'd still be like that was pretty dang good movie it'd be a seven to an eight with half the scares like it would probably still have like an eight with half the scares honestly right yeah yeah uh which does take us right into what about the scariness davis one to ten on the scary which i'm very interested to get your opinion on this one how scary you found this movie this is the i'm gonna be really quick with this because it's very straightforward this is the scariest movie i've ever seen (laughs) and and especially the first time i saw it the first time i saw this movie yeah i i mean uh, terrified dude terrified um and it still holds up like all the scares still hold up mm-hmm. i have seen this movie like we said maybe four or five times and i know what's coming and i'm still like nervous on the edge of my seat yeah so it's an yep. easy easy 10 for me bing 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 bing. we got a 10 alert we got a 10 <laughs> <laughs> uh and we got another bing, 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 bing. we got another one i i have a 10 <laughs> as well on, i have a 10 as well on the scariness it's it's still now it's like an eight and a half or nine and I've watched it like seven times. When I first watched it, you, yes, absolutely the scariest movie I've seen. It uses the scare. Like, it's not just that it's scary. It's unique scares on top of the wardrobe, the clapping, the hide and clap scare. Yeah, it's yeah. very unique scares. They're, they're legit like jump scares. The picture's falling down. Like I said, that list I had was probably half of the scares in this movie. And it was, there's just yeah. so many. They're one after another. Like you mentioned, hide and clap and up on the wardrobe being like, 30 seconds part. Incredible. It's tough. Yeah. It's that's that's such a uh oh, just intense part of the movie. Going yes. those two scares back to back is just like you need a breather after that. Just be like, <laughs> can I just catch my breath yes. for a second? And Bathsheba oh, on the wardrobe is if is literally the number one scariest moment I have at this point in my life seen. 
So most scared I've ever been to a movie. Yeah. Yes, that is the individual best scare. It's the scariest movie. It's it's creative scares. It's different yeah. types of scares throughout the movie. Like right. It's just yeah, ten out of ten for both of us. Incredible. So now Davis, the acting. Another one I'm very interested about the acting of this movie. How'd you feel about it? I felt really good, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, incredible job. Like we already said, you know. With the plot, you're so invested in like Ed and Lorraine Warren and their uh, mm-hmm. and their relationship and their their marriage, all of that. And part of that's plot and writing script, but the other half of that is the acting job done by the yes. two main co-stars. Like yep. they just do such a good job. You're even when not much is going on, like if if it's not a scary moment, you're mm-hmm. still intrigued with what's going on between those two and those two mainly. Yeah. Um, I can't give it like a 10 just because it wasn't like some groundbreaking performance as far as acting. I think the only acting 10 I've given was maybe for Jack Nicholson in a, mm-hmm. in a, uh, freaking the shining. The shining. Yeah. You gave a yeah. 10 for, yes, you did. Yeah. Um, so I can't quite go that high cause it wasn't anything groundbreaking, but I mean, it was, they carry this movie so much. So I had yeah. to give it a nine. I feel very similarly. Um, I don't think anyone is weak. I don't think there's any weak actors or actresses in this one. Yeah. I think Roger could have done a bit more. Um, and like the, the people they brought in, like the cop and the, the ghost guy, could have gotten more from them. But the main people, you got Ed and Lorraine and then the mom. The, the mom was underrated. Yeah, she was good, yeah. Incredible. The, the mom, yeah, Ed and Lorraine, and even the daughters, I thought, did were really good for the spots yeah. they were used in. Uh, and then, for of sure. course the the guy who's playing Bathsheba and everything like um right yeah <laughs> all those he characters those were all elite as far as Bathsheba and Lorraine yeah. the daughters the mom but I feel similar there was nothing quite that separated it to make it a 10 like I need something just yeah there was nothing bad there's nothing I could point to that was bad it was just I need right. a little bit more because the people the ones I mentioned there those were elite but I think to be a 10 you kind of need everyone to be elite for it to be a 10 yeah. But I did the go a little bit. Just kind of like there. Like, yes. Okay. Like, I did yeah. go a little bit higher though. I went nine point five. I did go just because Ooh. the Bathsheba, the mom, and Lorraine. Those four, I thought were it was four elite acting performances, and that That's I true. had to yep. go even above a nine. When you have this, isn't just one person having a great act. This is like there's multiple in this who are killing it. Right. So I was like, yeah. I got to go beyond a nine. I can't go to the ten for the reasons you said, but I did go nine point five. Um, for sure. Now we for have. Sure. Production. So this is how the movie is shot, how it's lit, the overall, um, the final product of the film, how it's edited together, the sound mixing, all of that. And this movie has a lot yeah. of it. What did you yes, think of the production? <laughs> oh, it's so solid, dude. Like all, yeah. all of the camera work, as far as like, yes, putting you in these tit- tense situations where you're looking into the dark corner of the room, waiting something, or you're looking into the spiraling. Uh, a music box waiting for something or you know you have hide and clap and the hands come out of complete darkness uh same thing with the wardrobe they're coming out of complete darkness um they made this house look like the most terrifying house yes. you could think you'd be yes. in which is not realistic but um same sort of thing um yeah there's i can name a lot of things the body's like floating underwater out by the yep. dock the yep. tree looking creepy as hell um all the spirits that Lorraine sees are very, very creepy looking. 
obviously Bathsheba is terrifying looking yeah. and uh, yeah. how they have kind of the mom switch between Bathsheba and herself. Even the mom, when she looks like beat up from like the possession and stuff is intense. Um, God, there's a lot. <laughs> I don't know. You could go on and on. It's just really, really good. All the camera angles and like you said a second ago, they have such a mix of scares. There's yeah. just a really good mix and you don't know they're not harping on one thing. All that say it's a 10 for me. Bing, 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 maybe bing, that's bing. me me riding on James Wan's you know what a little bit, but <laughs> he's freaking good. And to start for him to be able to start three separate horror movie franchises, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit what you say. That deserves a 10. Bing, 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 bing. We got a 10 alert for Davis. Bing, bong. Bing, bong. (laughs) Uh, I would take everything you said. There are specific ones I can remember also. There's a time where, uh, I'm going to forget his name, Brad, the paranormal guy they brought him with him, goes out of the house Mm. and the camera is upside down, follows him out, and then it follows Mm. him back and it goes upside down. I'm a sucker for those. It uses the (laughs) old school zoom to look out at the tree and there's multiple times it will zoom in on things, which I've right. read is not as much of a current thing. There's, you don't zoom. I believe that. But they've yeah. used it in these movies so well that it makes it really, cause when we see it like in Halloween, it was cheesy when you'd zoom like a super long way. Yes. But they do it in a way that looks really good. Right. The monsters look really good. The special effects are incredible. The daughter getting ripped around by her hair. Um, it's pretty good, yeah. The beyond, whole throwing up into her mouth, whatever, yes. floating above beyond, her. Yeah. Beyond all of that, the sound mixing is incredible. The sound yeah. mixing of this movie, how silent they make it, how loud the scares are, the individual things you can hear, like something breaking from another room, and just it, it's mixed perfect. It was funny that you mentioned the mix of scares, and like mix was the word that came to me, and that was the sound <laughs> right. mixing. But same as you, Davis. I, I can't justify not going with a 10. So bing, 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 bing. we got a 10 for production. Bing, bing, bing. That is now we have a 20 out of 20 for both production and scariness, which is pretty incredible. But this gets us to our final one. Pretty broad category. Yeah. But Davis, entertainment. How entertained were you one to 10 by The Conjuring? Guess what, Ryan? We're not slowing down. It's a 10 again. <laughs> <laughs> A 10 for entertainment by Davis. Okay, tell us why. Here's the reason. Like I said, plot is so solid. It, Mm -hmm. like, you could, like I said, I've said it three times already. You could take half half the scares and I would still be following along this plot because it's just, it's written really well. It's a great storyline. Two, it's freaking scary. That's going to keep you entertained the whole time. But the types of scares they have, too, is really solid. Yeah. There's, very few scares in the movie that have like a quick payout it's like always like Mm -hmm. it increases like tensity the first 30 minutes or so it's tense like the entire movie it's just tense you're just like waiting and waiting and it's if i had to describe the movie overall i wouldn't even call it use scary to describe i would describe the movie as tense there's so much just anxiety throughout the whole movie so they use that so well to keep you on the edge of your seat. You don't know in particular when scares are coming, like mm-hmm. the whole spiraling uh, music box. You're waiting for like the little boy to like show up and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. Oh, dude, it just, it keeps you so nervous on the edge of your seat the whole time. So compare that with the really intense, you know, exorcism scenes or yeah. 
things happening in different rooms of the house at the same time. It's just, there's so much going on, but they're able to at least, you know, keep the audience involved and like knowing everything that's going on at the same time while driving it with Ed and Lorraine driving the plot the whole time. It's just so solid. So 10, 10 for me on entertainment. Like I've said, we've said, we both watched this movie a bunch of times and I'm entertained every time I watch it. What, is, what more is there to say? Great acting, great scariness. It is literally, I love this setting. Scary house. I've always said, I think it's perfect. In my opinion, the best scary movie settings. I love the haunted house, but beyond that, you got to have trees nearby, either out in the middle of nowhere or like this, where it's kind of on a lake and you have those trees around. It always makes it scarier. I don't know why. Uh, so it doesn't have to be in the middle of nowhere. And this wasn't in the middle of nowhere. Like, uh, you know, like the evil dead is obviously out in the middle of the forest. Yeah. But it has the trees around. I think it's a great setting. It's great. The actors are great in it. It's great writing. It's great directing. I've watched it all these times. I still like, it's almost become a comfort movie, which is really weird. Like, it's, a, <laughs> it's just, it's a movie. I just really. You guys want to chill. You guys just want to chill and watch the conjuring. Here's, I, <laughs> I literally look forward to like, it's been like a year since I've seen it. I think I'm going to put it on again. Like I literally do that where it's like, it's been, you know, 10, 12, yeah. 14 months. Like I need to watch it again. It's my favorite scary movie of all time. If I made an all time list, it would be no doubt in my top 10, probably top five of movies period all time. I love this movie. It's very obvious. This is a 10 <laughs> out of 10 on entertainment. So bing, 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 bing. <laughs> That's a 10 out of 10 for me on entertainment as well. If you are following along at home, this movie is going to be extremely hard to beat for any movie we ever rate again. It's real high. This, so just to recap what we have, I had story as a nine, scariness as a 10, acting as a 9.5, production as a 10, entertainment as a 10. That's a 48.5 out of a potential 50. Davis story was an eight scariness was a 10 acting was a nine production was a 10 entertainment was a 10. That's a 47 out of 50 all time adding up to an incredible 95.5 <laughs> out of 100. And when we look at our all time scary movie, this list that now has the 10, let's check that board. It's at a 95.5, which is obviously our new number one scary movie of all time coming in second now still a very good movie but just put in perspective here we have two in the 80s this is our first in the 90s insidious yeah. is an 82 and the shining is an 81 absolutely so blows those out of the water 13 13 and a half point difference from number two that's pretty insane so not only is it the first movie in the nineties, yeah. it's the first movie above technically above a 95. That's yes. Our next close is an 82 and 82 is really good. It's tough to get that high. Like it is tough oh, to yeah. get to the, you know, in the eighties. Yeah. We think of this, we're at 95.5. There is a combined six out of the 10 are tens. Our others are 9.5, two nines and an eight. Like, yeah. It's going to be extremely difficult for any movie to to take off the conjuring as our number one. Which when we started this movie, well, really even touch ninety, honestly, it yes, really it, even touch ninety. It's going to be nines across the board gets you to ninety. You have to have multiple tens to is, even have a chance. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is really difficult. So uh, nines across the board is really difficult, dude. Yes, like, 
So the con- and we do not do this lightly. These this rating is not given out lightly. This is an incredible no, we've movie. Torn a couple of decent movies to yes. to shreds a little bit with the ratings. But and to give like, you the the all time list now that we have a top ten. Number top ten is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They got a fifty four. Number nine, it mm-hmm. follows. Got a fifty eight. Number eight, Friday the Thirteenth. Got a fifty eight point five. Number seven, Paranormal Activity, sixty two point five. Number six. Sinister got a 72. Our top five. Halloween coming in at number five got a 73. The Evil Dead, our biggest shocker, coming in at number four got a 76 from 1981. That's pretty incredible. Uh, The Shining coming in at number three with an 81. And Insidious coming in at number two with an 82. And the absolute juggernaut of The Conjuring coming in at number one with a 95.5. Congratulations to The Conjuring. Can, correct, you know, let's do a little That's a solid top five. It is, yeah. <laughs> That's a really solid top five. The Conjuring, Insidious, I, The Shining. All those movies are so yeah. good. Those, those are really good. Just The Conjuring is a beast. And we knew it had a very <laughs> high likelihood of being our number one whenever we did it and for a very long time afterward. It's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, it's an all-time great. It's an all-time great Absolutely. movie. All so time. now, Davis. All-time now, great. Which is hard to do these days. A modern yes. movie becoming being an all-time great horror movie, that's honestly hard to do. You know, I don't see that very often. There's a couple we maybe will do that could maybe maybe get there, but well, what's, I don't uh, – Touching 90 is going to be hard. Dude. It's going to be gonna tough. Be for anyone it's gonna be near impossible for anyone to pass it to get to that 96 threshold it's gonna be tough for anyone to even challenge it to get in the 90s i i I am i am confident we will have others in the 90s but it's gonna be few and far between like this is hollowed ground getting to the 90s you know hollowed nice (laughs) (laughs) so now davis right before we go out the door here first one could this happen could the conjuring happen in real life um, seeing as it was based on a re- <laughs> real life people, family, and uh, paranormal investigators, I'm gonna go ahead and say, yeah, yeah, it very well could happen in real life. Now, I kind of agree with what I what was said during the uh, the history. I doubt anybody that's not like a priest or member of the church would try to perform an exorcism. I don't yep. think that would really be a thing. Yep. But otherwise, I don't see why much of this stuff couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, I mean, it's literally based off real, real people and yep. uh, real occurrences. I don't know that there was an actual, um, you know, apparitions or spirits that were showing up on top of wardrobes and stuff <laughs> like that, or throwing up in somebody's mouth. Obviously, they're going to add some of that stuff to make the movie more interesting. But, but yeah, 100%. This could happen in real life. Yeah, I I know we've talked about this in the past. You believe in ghosts a little bit more than I do. I'm more of a skeptic. I'm I'm open mm. to the possibility of, but I am very much a skeptic of spirits and ghosts haunting people and those types of things. You know. All right, you heard it here first. We had it with the last episode. I don't remember what the number was for the nipple belt, but <laughs> we'll go ahead and say if we get a thousand subscribers, Ryan and I will go do our own haunted investigation. I would absolutely love to do a haunted investigation. I'd love to do a podcast in a haunted house. I would love to do all those things. Wacky dude. That'd be awesome. Uh, So that would be, you know, so I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I am more on the skeptic side of these types of things happening. However, there is nothing in this. That's really too outrageous. If you believe that you can be possessed by a ghost, the rest of it all makes sense. It's an evil spirit. That's like trying to attack this family. So, Again, I am more skeptical, but I would I would say yes, it could happen. I'm not going to say there's a zero percent chance this could happen. 
I believe that people in Bible, biblical times, they were, you know, there were exorcisms that were real. People had demons that possessed them. So it's not impossible this could happen these days. So I'd say, yes, I, there's nothing too outrageous if you can get over a demon um, possessing, you know, a mom and whatnot. The rest of it, it's all, it all spawns from that, you know. So right, right, right. Uh, I would say I'm more skeptical, but it's not impossible, no. This, this could happen. This is not so outrageous like some of the ones we've seen where it's like someone's immortal and they die like five times, but they're still coming back to kill people. You know, this, this, this could not, happen. It, it follows where if you have sex with somebody, <laughs> a, a thing is going to follow you that only you can see. Yes. Yeah, this is not it follows, no. And finally, Davis, <laughs> I think I know the answer for this. But would you recommend this movie to anyone out there who's asking, to anyone who's, you know, a friend, whoever, if someone asks you, Davis, should I watch The Conjuring? What would you say to him? This is a very quick and simple uh, yes. Even if you don't like scary movies, particularly, it's a great movie overall, like I've already said. Uh, I don't know how many times on this podcast, but it's just a great movie. And if you haven't seen it, I feel like you're missing out on it. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. Not only should you see it, you have to see it. It's a great <laughs> yeah. scary movie. It's a great movie, period. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to go see this. Whoever's asking, and I, they don't have to ask. I have told many people throughout the years, uh, you have to see The Conjuring. I don't really like scary movies. It doesn't matter. You watch it. I didn't like scary movies either until I watched this movie. Now I have a podcast about them. So I yeah. love this movie. Got to give it a chance. I don't care if you don't like scary movies, give it a chance. If you don't like this one, then it will prove to you you don't like scary movies. So watch <laughs> yeah, this one, yeah. give it a chance. It's great. Thank you, James Wan. Thank you to everyone in this movie. It's an all-time great. Seriously, seriously, seriously. And it, it's given, I, we didn't really touch on this, but like the uh, the tweet you send out, it's pretty highly rated by, I say highly because yeah, movie critics don't typically give horror movies great yeah. ratings at all. But for Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, it's, it's got pretty good scores, which, like I said, doesn't really happen for horror In movies. the 80s for Rotten Tomatoes is lower than I thought it would be because I know it's loved. But I, then I remembered, well, it's a scary movie. 80s for a scary movie yeah. is like a normal movie being like, I would say. Like a 90-something. Yeah. I would say it's like 10. You always got to take 10 points off being a scary movie. Something's an 85. It'd right. be like a normal movie being a 95. Like that's right. Yeah. about Because. There's only so many things you can do, and they always take up, especially Rotten Tomatoes. Literally, their rating is about how fresh it is. Well, you can right. only be so fresh in scary movies, so I think that's what <laughs> yeah. takes up. Like, well, it's not super original. Well, there's only so many things you can do when it's, someone's going to be either killing somebody or possessed. Like, there's only so many scary things you can do. Right. You know, right. so I feel like that's why you automatically take up. So, like, this, I think, was like an 86. Basically means it's a 96, which we put yeah. it at a 95.5. So IMDb, oh, look at us <laughs> now. IMDb was a 7.5, which I thought was extremely disrespectful. I was like, that's still good, but nowhere close to what it should be. Yeah. That felt disrespectful um, because that means for all the tens and nines, there's people giving it fours and fives. And if you think that you should not be rating movies, this is why IMDb yeah. is pointless because anyone which, can just get on there and just rate it, you know? Yeah. 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 Very true. But it doesn't matter. We only listen to our list around. There's here. one list that matters here. And that's, tomatoes, IMDb. That is the talk of the haunted house all-time scary movie list. And the conjuring number one at a absolute piss missile of 95.5. Like absolutely. Can we, get, can we get one more, Ryan? Can we get one more? Can we get a <laughs> no one will ever get to the hundred? So might as well just say that for yeah. everyone's uh, highest yeah, rank. Really? But, 
thank you to those of you that uh, made The Conjuring out there. A uh, great movie. An absolute dream would be to have either James Wan, Patrick Wilson, someone like that on this podcast oh, one day would be incredible. That'd be so awesome to talk to them about their careers as a whole, but specifically The Conjuring. Great movie. It's our number one all time, and there's a reason. It is a great overall movie. Nine of the ten rankings for a nine or better. Pretty insane. Six. Pretty insane. Six. You can blame tens. me, everybody, for the, <laughs> for the one eight. Six tens, a nine point five two nines. Nine of the ten were a nine or higher. That's nine is elite, is basically elite. So you are oh, yeah. elite or better at nine of our ten rankings. Okay. And the only one that wasn't makes sense. A story. I mean, it makes sense. Like yeah. it's been done in different versions before. So, and and eight yeah. is still probably very, very good. <laughs> like yeah. eight's at least in the very good category. So absolutely, yeah. <laughs> an overall great movie, and that has been our tenth episode of Talk of the Haunted House, a scary movie podcast. Thank you all of you out there who have joined us for these movies as as we have tried to uh, build up this uh, Talk of the Haunted House really get people caring more about scary movies. That's why we're here. We love scary movies. We're going to break them down, make them more popular. They don't get the respect they deserve ever in the Oscars, anything like that. And even in the rankings, like we mentioned, how Rotten Tomatoes, they'll have it as an 86, and we have it as a 96, basically. So it just, it doesn't get the same respect. That's what we're here to do. And movies like The Conjuring are why we're here doing this. We say screw them on this podcast. Screw Screw them all. (laughs) We say Will Smith get up there and slap the Academy. Slap them. We we proverbial slap the Academy with our ranking right right now. That's what we do. (laughs) So thank you all for joining us. This has been our 10th episode as we broke down the conjuring. Please follow us on social media. You can follow me personally at Ryan underscore King underscore. Now you can follow Davis. At the real double D's. That's just DS. No ease in between. And you can also follow the podcast at the talk of the house underscore and please please <laughs> go go give us a follow go interact we would love to hear any movies you would love to see us cover next we have a long running list we're always looking to add to it if you slip us a five dollar bill it'll be moved to the top of the list i don't know how you're going to get the money to us but we'll find a way <laughs> um, go tell us any segments you love don't like anything you would like added to the podcast we would love to interact with you all i know we've been getting uh we got a lot of interaction at least for this most recent tweet we put out there quite a few more followers so we love to see it hey go on there every wednesday before we release the podcast we always tweet out a teaser of what our next Mm -hmm. movie is going to be we mentioned how it's rated on rotten tomatoes and imdb we tell you where you can watch it if it's for free and i say by free like on a streaming platform we will let you know we will let you know where it's the cheapest or where you can stream it wherever we watch it we will pass that along so if you're not familiar with the movie if you've never seen it or you haven't seen it in a while you can go get caught up before you watch this so go to at talk of the house underscore and you really you can know the movie a few days before and then listen to the podcast here but thank you for joining us as always if you're listening you've probably already subscribed to us but if you haven't wherever you are listening please subscribe to talk of the haunted house a scary movie podcast you can find us anywhere you have your podcast originally we have of course had spotify and anchor but we're on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, overcast amazon music Castbox, pocket cast radio public stitcher all of those subscribe to us give us five stars give us a comment as davis mentioned whatever movie you want us to break down let us know we are here for you on talk of the haunted house and we are only just getting started we're 10 movies in 
There's a lot of movies to go. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to make sure you tune in again soon for our next episode, our 11th episode of Talk to the Haunted House of Scary Movie Podcast. And you'll want to return because, as always, we will bring you your daily dose of darkness. darkness.